Hello friends, welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host Anthony Pavlich, thank you for joining me. It's been some time, I know, since we've last uh, talked. Um, it's been quite a, quite a lot going on. Been playing some games, doing some work, taking care of some chores, <laughs> um, watching the Arizona Cardinals, uh, my football team do very very poorly these last few weeks unfortunately um that's been kind of a bummer um but overall it's been very interesting time it's been a very interesting few months and yeah um this year is rapidly approaching its end so yeah i just wanted to reconnect talk a little bit about what i've been doing um and chronologue Chronological, I can't even remember that's name. It's interesting. I'm trying to find that word. Chronologue. Yeah, that's the right word. <laughs> um, just what's what's been happening. Um, so yeah, let's dig let's dig right in. Been doing a little bit of writing these last few weeks. Um, been thinking about what's interesting is I've been kind of really going back to themes because um We've been watching, uh, my wife and I have been watching a lot of different television shows, been watching a few movies, uh, continuing to have discussions with friends about some of the big blockbuster properties and franchises that um, um, have been releasing new content. Um, And that's been interesting watching that landscape. And, you know, there's been a lot of upheaval, especially with DC. Universe, uh, not only in the comics, but especially in the films and with, you know, the company itself. Um, so there's been a lot of changes there. Um, Marvel has released, you know, some more um, additional information about their next phases. Um, yeah, and then, you know, we had Top Gun Maverick. That was a big blockbuster uh, that released and did exceptionally well at the box office and was pretty much one of the top, top money makers of the year. Um, also seemed to be very... Very entertaining to just about it, all audiences that saw it. Um, I actually got a chance to see it recently. And um, yeah, uh, very entertaining. Obviously, <laughs> they definitely took some uh, liberties with uh, uh, reality and, you know, got to make it look cool and be very theatrical. But um, very entertaining film overall. Um, still haven't really uh, reconnected with the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe just because... Again, haven't been really impressed with some of the content that's been coming out. Um, I know there's a big push with um, the new uh, phase and the introduction of Kang and all of the, um, you know, the big bad villain and the things that he's going to be pulling off in the next, you know, dozen dozen movies. We got Ant Man coming out actually in a couple of weeks. Uh, Black uh, Black Panther, the new sequel to that, is arriving. So, yeah, some interesting stuff from the horizon. DC's made some big changes. Um, they now have uh, James Gunn is uh, co-leading the um, the creative seat, essentially. Um, the role that Kevin Feige has done for Marvel for the past 10 plus years. Uh, hopefully, James uh, and his uh, producing partner can... You know, bring some stability to that universe. Um, obviously, Black Adam just released. Uh, there was a lot of excitement about that. Um, so yeah, 
been a lot of stuff going on in pop culture. Um, comics have been very interesting because there's been some, you know, big events. But I feel like comics just in general, at least from the selling side and um, storytelling side, I feel like it's been a lot quieter. I don't know if that's part of it is just because I've actually decreased a lot of my um, purchasing of, of certain books. I really scaled back a little bit especially during the beginning of the year and during the summer, I was, you know, buying a lot more and reading, reading a lot more comics. I still do read quite a bit, but, um, cut back on some of the titles cause either I wasn't really enjoying the storylines or, um, was just trying to save money. Um, but yeah, there's been some changes, you know, create new creative teams on amazing Spider-Man that while that actually I've been really impressed with that story, the storyline has been uh, very entertaining. Um, very interested to see where they go with that um, because it's it's a little bit of um, they started the um, the arc with a little bit of a time jump. So I believe it was six months past, and there's a you know Peter's they're they've kind of trying to take him back to he's down on his luck. He's struggling to you know pay the bills, pay the rent, um, hold down a job. Um, he just came off of a really rough battle um, with the um, it was a new character that actually was revealed to be you know Harry, Harry Osborne. So there's a lot of you know backstory that was brought up between them and their relationship. Um, a lot of obviously loved ones were caught in the crossfire. So he he was pretty beat up after the after the end of that run. Um, so he's not in a great place. Um, just Again, trying to struggle, it's got you know bad Parker luck, um, and then there's been some changes with uh, him and his relationship with Mary Jane, which I have found that to be a very interesting um, relationship because again, you have so much history and so many stories um, that those two have dealt with uh, along the now I think it's it's been eighty years. Um, with spider-man so but the new run has been very interesting um looking forward to it it's it's around you know they did a re uh, relaunch on issue one so i think it's about up to issue nine ten um so that's been pretty good batman has a new creative uh team although not too impressed with that one just because one of the things that i struggled with batman i feel like recently is that it's it's a little too fantastical um it's definitely action packed but i feel like it's been a little bit too over the top in terms of um just seems to be like an enormous crisis that batman seems to be struggled with in you know the prevailing arcs over the last few years and you know like the there was a big Joker war um and i was kind of jokered out because i just felt like he was showing up everywhere in every single title multiple issues and it just was very just kind of too much it was just over oversaturated and the it was an okay run and but i think there's this very interesting thing too in comics where there's been just it's almost like the villain of the week but i feel like there's been too much of creating new characters um i feel like it's almost like mandatory now by the especially marvel and dc where it's like every single 
arc or event has to have like new character or new characters uh, being introduced. And it's just kind of, I understand you're trying to keep it fresh. You're trying to bring in new audiences, but there's such a collection of, of, of characters that can be drawn from in the history that sometimes it's, it, it, they're kind of blending together too. some of these new characters. They don't seem to be very interesting or unique um, or they're just brought in as plot points. You know, they're just there for, you know, an issue or two. And then it's kind of like after the event or the story arc's done, the character's kind of done. Um, I kind of, I personally felt like that happened with Punchline. Um, she showed up um and the, the the run last year or the year before um the Joker war was happening and just kind of like you know she shot up she's shown up in a few one offs you know since then but just really hasn't done much with the character as well um and so Batman's been interesting cuz it's a new arc and they're introduced a new character and they've well the cool thing is they did bring back a character slash persona that was used in Grant Morrison's run. And I don't know how I feel about it yet, because again, we're right in the middle of it and there still seems to be some, a little bit of setup. Um, it's not that, that long into it. They didn't do a number one issue relaunch on that. Um, but it's like starting Batman, like number one Um, so that's been interesting. Um, yeah, I just I haven't been that into that one, but I love Batman, so I continue getting that one along with Amazing Spider-Man, also Detective Comics, and his new run as well. That's been a little bit more interesting because it has been um, a little bit more, um, kind of a little bit more of supernatural, um, old school horror monster. Um, aspects and elements of it ram v is heading that up uh, as the writer and so that's been interesting um only read the first few issues into that run um that one started recently as well and um yeah it'll be interesting to see where that that goes because they're introducing um a new group that's tied to arkham um, but it seems like it's, it seems to be tied, tied with, uh, family, uh, family members that, uh, are coming back to Gotham to reclaim their, um, essentially what they feel is their, their, um, birthright name. Um, so that'll be interesting. I do like the vibe. The art's really, really nice and gorgeous. Uh, I mean, the art's been really great on all the titles. Um, John Romita Jr. is back on, uh, amazing and, I really like his style, and I think it it it, it fits really great with the the story that's being uh, untold right now. Um, let's see what else I'm reading. Usagi Ujimbo, still keeping up with that, although that's been kind of on a hiatus because um, Stan Sakai has actually shifted away from um, the publisher that he was with currently, which is IDW. He was originally with. Um, well, he was with a few other publishers back in the day, but uh, for a long stretch, he was with Dark Horse. And then he moved over to um, IDW a few years back. And actually now he's moving away from IDW and going back uh, to Dark Horse. But 
he's actually almost they're they're partnering up and he's actually launching his own imprint um dogu studios and that's going to be pretty cool because i think what their the plan is is to actually bring in more characters and to work with more uh, writers and artists and other groups to you know um build out a whole universe a whole usagi ujimbo universe um there may be characters or you know, offshoots from that particular universe or might be completely different. Um, so that's been exciting. So I think they've been on a hiatus because of that 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 shift and that transfer. So um, really missing Usagi. Um, can't wait to get him back because it's just it's just an a, amazing title every month. And Stan Sakai is just his consistency and his quality is just it's it's just fantastic. It's top notch. Um, so I've been reading that, um, let's see what else. The new Ant-Man series was, uh, pretty good. Uh, it's been pretty interesting. Um, that one is by Al Ewing, um, or did I pronounce that right? Al Ewing. Yeah, I think, I think I, I always, it's, it's funny because I feel like there's been a few people that have come out recently, celebrities and you know, I've said that uh, we've been pronouncing the names incorrectly all this time. And um, so I'm always I'm always a little bit cautious or not cautious, but uh, conscientious of that because, you know, I want to I don't want to butcher people's names. <laughs> I want to make sure that, you know, I, I'm pronouncing them correctly. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've been doing that. Been doing some reading, too, as well. Um, been going back to some oldies, but goodies. Um, there's a great Star Wars Legends uh, collection. Um, I don't know if any of you remember this series. The it was essentially the um, the Mandalorian armor, um, and it was the Bounty Hunter Wars. And this was essentially the first um, expanded, extended universe um, telling of of bringing back Bubba Fett. So initially his survival of the Sarlacc pet was um, introduced way back uh, when, before it was um, brought to life again under new canon um, that we saw in Book of Bubba Fett. Uh, so been, there was a three book series of that, uh, which was really, really cool. And I remember reading it, um, you know, back in my youth and I picked those up um Sometime I think I feel like at the beginning of the summer, uh, or maybe it was the end of the spring, um, and finally just started getting to that. Um, so that's been pretty cool. Um, been actually reading some James Bond books, uh, old school Ian Fleming uh, collections. Um, that's been awesome. A friend of mine got me the Star Wars Aftermath um, series trilogy, which is three books. Um, by um chuck wingdeg um so been starting that as well um i finished it was really interesting i finished heat 2 that was the sequel to the movie heat by michael mann that was a very interesting book um i actually was not sure how i was gonna like it um but michael mann had um released it at the um during the summertime and I was kind of jumping in and out of other books while I was reading that, but that was actually, 
I think it was, it started off a little bit, oh, and I don't even want to say it was it was rough. I think it was more of just my expectation and and perspective of it because Heat is one of my favorite movies of all time. I used to watch that pretty consistently, almost once a week or every other week. I'd wa- I'd watch it. I just over and over that movie. Um, and so he had announced a few years back that he was writing a book, uh, a sequel to the, to the movie. And so I was obviously very interested in it, but also didn't know what to expect because, um, you don't think of Michael Mann as a writer, um, in the traditional sense. I mean, he's obviously a talented writer because he's done lots of scripts and has written for television and film and, um, but from a, a traditional novelist, you know, long form, um, just didn't know what to expect. Um, he co-wrote it with another author, um, Meg Gardinger. Um, then I have to say I was really impressed with the, the book overall. I thought it was a very, um, pacing was really great. I thought it was very, um, Similar, I was able to capture the the tonality of the film, and you were able to reconnect with the characters. And there was actually some flashbacks with, you know, um, all the crew uh, from the film. Um, but how they were really following um, Chris and what happens to him after the shootout, and what he you know, where he goes and what he deals with and still being able to kind of connect everything back to Los Angeles, um, after a certain period of time. And I thought it was really well done. Um, very pleased with it. I thought it was just, it was captivating. It was enjoyable. And, um, I thought it was just too, just again, just very well done with its, its connection and, um, the characters and tying them together and yeah so that was a treat that was a treat and I'll definitely probably reread it again maybe uh, very soon maybe sometime down the line uh, this year hopefully um, so yeah playing some games um, that's been interesting um, PlayStation Stars uh, launched that's a new loyalty program that um, came out again uh, right towards the end of summer um and it's kind of like very similar to xbox achievements uh program that they've had for a number of years uh you just access it from the app you can you know complete little tasks and collect digital collectibles coins that you can redeem for you know rewards and that was really cool because it actually um prompted me to engage in some older titles (laughs) that i hadn't played in some time um i remember picking up mortal kombat 11 when that released and i re-downloaded that because one of the challenges was to play a fighting game and that was really the only one that i didn't that i had um that was on the list so that was really cool because that game is a trip i actually enjoyed that game a lot more than i anticipated because I hadn't played Mortal Kombat in many, many, many years. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure what Mortal Kombat I last played. Um, 
But 11 was pretty incredible in the amount of content that they put into it. Um, but I also, too, I really loved kind of just <laughs> it more than I thought was the story because they really leaned into the um, the mythos and the history, but they they did this great balance of not taking itself too seriously and knowing how ridiculous it was and making it very entertaining at the same time. Um, so actually been playing that uh, pretty frequently. <laughs> um, again, there's been a lot of content uh, in that game, so it's been cool to unlock that and just collect all the, the things that it has to offer. Um, still not even, I don't have a pad. I only have a pad. I don't have a, a, a stick for the PlayStation 5. So I definitely need to look into investing in that so I can play it proper because I've been playing the with the the, the uh, controller and it's a little wonky at times. Um, so that's been pretty enjoyable, more enjoyable than uh, I thought it would be. Um, also going back to some old Quantic Dream uh, titles, Heavy Rain, man, that's uh, that brought back some memories. Um, what was the other one? Detroit. I uh, never played that one, so that was interesting to kind of uh, engage with that one. Haven't gotten too far into it, either one of them. And then Until Dawn was another game that um, I picked up, and that one is a trip because I don't, I don't remember really being too um, interested in in playing it the first time it was released. But it's been kind of a really campy horror video game that has actually been kind of enjoyable to you know just mess around with so that's been uh, pretty cool i finished stray uh which was that indie title that came out during the summer um that was really cool um i thought that was a overall solid solid indie game um really enjoyed the the world and i found that game to be very calming too um it was very just I could turn it on and just almost it's very meditative. I've um, been trying to get the platinum on that. I'm only a few trophies out uh, from that. And uh, that's I'm hoping to uh, platinum that there's there's a couple that are giving me a little bit of of angst. <laughs> I yeah, so I've been trying to there's one that's just bugging the hell out of me and i just i really i hope it doesn't hold me back completely because the platinum is not terribly difficult to achieve and i think it's very doable but there's this one that i'm just having a struggle with for some reason um so that's cool i'm really excited about god of war ragnarok ragnarok obviously um i was really into that game that game was very interesting because i started it not long after it was released, the first one anyways, uh, sorry, not the sequel, but God of War uh, 2018, when that came out, I started pretty early. And then, or maybe I didn't, I think what happened was I got a PlayStation 4 Pro, or maybe I'm, I'm messing it up now with the timelines, but um, there was a time where I had... Uh, gotten rid of my systems in a in a um, effort to try to help me focus on writing 
which was sort of successful. And then the PlayStation 5 was announced, and then the pre-orders opened for that. And then I got the PlayStation 5, and I knew that there was going to, and I think I might have started it, but I, but then I think I heard that there was going to be an update for the PlayStation 5 version. Um, So I held off, and I was probably, I want to say maybe 10 hours into the game at that point, maybe a little bit less. And then I revisited it when uh, the PlayStation 5 upgrade uh, launched. And then just played that game nonstop and was really into that game. And I think I had one trophy left to do the platinum, to uh, achieve the platinum. And um, that was, that didn't take me long. I don't think, I think I put it down for like a week or two and then got back up and finished, finished the last thing I needed to. So I I got a hundred percent on that title. And just really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, really looking forward to next week when uh, Ragnarok launches. So I'll probably be playing that for a bit. I also tried out, it was very interesting, um, the Cyberpunk 2077. They did a trial uh, version for the game a few months back. And um, I downloaded it for PlayStation 5 and... You know, since they'd done all the upgrades and the updates and the bug fixes, um, you know, there was a lot of reports that it was in a much better state than it had at launch. And so I revisited that title. I didn't pick it up um, during launch. And I think I played the trial just for maybe like an hour and then put it down for a month or two. Picked it back up recently and actually finished the trial uh, and it's only a time trial, so basically the, what it is, it's like the whole game, but they only give you five hours to, um, you know, play it. Um, and I was a lot more interested than I thought I would be. It was very rough, I felt like, in the beginning. I wasn't too sure how I was going to like it, and still kind of struggling a little bit with the combat um, and getting a handle on the the um, difficulty because man some of those those you know enemies can just wreck you um and you don't have much in the way of funds to do upgrades and stuff like that um so but yeah i was i was actually intrigued enough that i think i'm gonna go back to it you know probably after i got a war ragnarok um i pick it up you know maybe on a el cheapo deal or something and then um Maybe put that because I do have to make room on my PlayStation now. <laughs> I do uh, that 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 hard drive, man. Oof, it's filling up quick. So, and I'm not too sure I want to drop the coin yet on uh, increasing the internal storage space. In fact, I even got an external hard drive connected to it because that's where all my PlayStation Four titles are on, and all the PlayStation Five are on the console itself. So, um, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting, too, because <laughs> then also, too, it's like games are so large, they take so long to download uh, back onto your system that I don't want to delete too many games because, I mean, you know, I, I played Gran Turismo over the summer, and that game is the largest game that I have on the system. It's almost 120 gigabytes. It's just insane, the size of these titles now. Um, but yeah. So, sorry, that was like a regurgitation of, what am I watching? What am I playing? 
um not too much writing i know um but uh yeah let's take a let's take a short break and we'll get dive into maybe some of what i've been writing and you know some of the things i've been thinking about with uh with some of the work that i've been diving into we'll be right back after this break you've been listening to another fine fine podcast on the rumination radio network this is game agent et from oh god it hurts And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back, friends. Thank you for joining Ruminations on Tony Stahl's Tales. Um, I had spent the first part of this episode, I know, regurgitating all the stuff I had uh, been listening to and watching. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting time uh, because I think one of the things that I probably was was trying to tie into was you know i i think a lot now when i'm either reading any sort of material or i'm playing even playing a game or watching a film watching a show is i'm starting to think more about you know construction of scenes characters uh scenarios or just just how they how they put together a narrative and what makes some narratives more compelling than others what what execution may not hit for me very well or feels a little bit more you know flat or mediocre or just not pulling at the heartstrings or whatever it may be you know any sort of of you know just, just kind of really thinking a bit about it more as a lens of construction and trying to re reverse engineer how, you know, some of the greats do it, you know, some of the the stories. And so it makes me think a lot about my own work and the themes and, you know, what, what can I do to make a compelling story? And through this year, it's been, you know, I know I've talked a little bit about my, you know, mental health and how I've had to spend a lot of time working on healing and dealing with that and managing that um, part of my life and my health and how it's really been disappointing. It's been frustrating and it's been very depressing at times. Um, but what's very fascinating is through this journey some of the things that I've uncovered, whether it be from healing or the work that I'm doing, the programs that I'm in, um, how applicable it seems to be. And when I'm able to utilize not only the way that I now feel, but the way that I now view as trying to articulate it the best way that I can. Sometimes we go through journeys in life that pose great challenges towards us because it's not so much because there's any sort of good, bad, judgmental aspect that we can derive or should derive from it, but it's just because that's life. Life is extremely dynamic. It's ever changing. It's ever evolving. 
But what's beautiful is that there's these great elements that allow us to shift and change, evolve and grow as well along with it. And so when we go through those processes, we cannot help but transform. And now whether we want to transform into ways that are maybe more positively oriented or negatively oriented, that's the wonderful choice that we can take. Um, we can either allow some challenges to really beat us down and to grind us into the, into the earth and overtake us. And rightfully so. There are some things in life that happen that are just, fuck, it just, it, it's hard to come back from. It's hard to find the, the hope. It's hard to find the light you know, in, in the shadows and the darkness at times. Um, but there's such great beauty. There's such great life. There's such great joy to be had in this life that it's just all right there in front of us. It's all right there available to us. And a lot of times we may not see it, because we're just mired in whatever it is that we have to deal with it. There might be responsibilities that we are burdened with. Um, and so it's, it, it's very difficult to see that light. It's very difficult to see that hope at times. Um, and one of the things that I've learned very recently is through this program that I've been going through, um, that the our body is an amazing um it's just an amazing amazing machine and 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 i almost don't even want to say machine because it's almost even more than a machine it's just it's an amazing amazing um bio-organic system and it does incredible things it is a miracle and that it, there's so much complexity to to our system that it's it's very easy to honestly just be astonished by it to be overwhelmed by it because of what it is and what it does and what it's capable of and the potential that resides in it. And there's a concept that came up that said everything that we, let me get this right too. Let me make sure that I'm, everything we think we just don't believe it. Don't believe everything you think. And what that means is there's, there's, a great, there's a great depth in that, that phrase. Don't believe everything you think because it's, it's not real. A lot of what we think 
our stories, our just ideas, thoughts that we have constructed based on a worldview that may be compromised. What I mean by that is that when our system becomes overtaxed, when our system, our biology becomes um, stressed out, overexerted, when it's um, in a state of high anxiety, high alert um, all the time, that becomes a chronic condition that seeps into every facet of our body, our mind, and our spirit. And then it, fa- it, it, it you know, permeates into everything around us. And the reason it does that is that the system is not doing it with malicious intent. It's not doing it to hurt us. It's not doing it to harm us. It's not doing it because it, it hates us. It does it because it's trying to protect us. Because think of it this way, when, when the system becomes so overtaxed, it can't take any more new information in. And so what it will do, it will manifest things of a broken system. Think about your computer. When the battery's dying, when it's you know expanding in your laptop, when um, your motherboard is dying out, when your RAM is you know f- going out, when any part of the system is not operating at peak efficiency and begins to degrade, then that compromises the system, and the rest of the system tries to handle the load or compensate for it, but at some point, the system just cannot function anymore. And that's what happens with our our own selves, is that we become so overexerted and overtaxed that the system cannot function. And so what it does to try to protect us is it does things that may seem like suffering. Uh, For me, it was anxiety, panic attacks, uh, agoraphobia, um, things that try to keep me from going over and over where until my system just, you know, could no longer function. So that has been fascinating to me um, because I may have intellectually thought that from a very distance perspective, but it's made a lot more sense to me over the last year because of what I've had to grapple with is that I was at a level that I wasn't really aware that I was at because I was just managing. And what your system does is it just does things to maintain the status quo. Because again, the status quo keeps everything balanced, even if the system itself is still disorganized or in a state of chaos. And when you start thinking about it that way, then you start realizing that, oh, my system is just doing what it's designed to do, to protect me, to to heal, to repair, to function. So it's essentially sending signals (laughs) 
that it's compromised, that it needs help. Um, and when you view it from that lens, it's actually pretty beautiful. And it, it's actually, I kind of, I'm feeling a little bit emotional about it because, you know, it's a resource. Our body, our physical body is a resource. Um, and it's an amazing resource. And it just brings me a lot of love and compassion when I think about it that way. So we, when you're at, your system is at a state where it can no longer connect fully with its environment, we start retreating internally because anything that we feel outside of our environment, our body is alerting that it's a, it's a potential threat because the system just can't, it doesn't have the bandwidth to handle it. So for me, it was very difficult or it has been very difficult because my body was in a state where anything outside was triggering it as a perceived a threat. And it was keeping me from going out, keeping me from engaging with my world and my environment because I just, I, I was, I couldn't handle any more inputs. And so when I start, when our bodies are able to start healing, we can reconnect to our senses, our sense of sight, our sense of smell, our sense of taste, our sense of touch. We can start reconnecting to these channels um, that our body uses to connect to the world and increase our bandwidth. Um, and that allows us to then have real profound and joyful experiences because, um, and I know I apologize, I'm not, it might sound very abstract what I'm saying. It's very difficult because I'm not articulating it probably clearly what some of this content means. Um, but for example, if, if I go outside, um, some of my first thoughts were internal, there were thoughts. And so instead of maybe going outside and going down the stairs and seeing something like maybe it's a beautiful flower, maybe it's a tree that's waving in the wind, um, or there's, um, a hummingbird. Like one day I went out and there was this hummingbird flying very closely and with some of the leaves on the tree and I was, I locked onto it and just, you know, before I would have missed that hummingbird, I would have immediately started thinking about, uh oh, how far can I go? Or am I going to don't go too far because then something bad's going to happen or you're not going to be able to get back home? Um, that was a story. And that was a coping mechanism that my mind had constructed to try to keep me safe, um, to say that, you know, we can't do this because in this past, this has happened. This has happened. Um, but being able to just see without any sort of judgment, without any sort of story, without any sort of commentary, when you just see to see, then you remove um, confusion. You remove also the ability. Uh, 
ability for your mind to create something um, that has no that has no bearing that has no uh, concept of a past or future. What you're seeing is allowing you to be present in the here and now. And hope, hopefully, maybe that made a little bit more sense. And what I'm trying to convey is that we lose that ability when our system is compromised. We lose our ability to connect in the present and the here and now because we're not fully engaged with whatever it is that we're uh, doing or seeing or just whatever it is that we're doing. We're not fully engaged with it because um, we're too much in our head. We're, we're not. We're thinking about the past. We're thinking about the, the, the future. We're thinking about what I need to do today. We're thinking about a million other things other than what our body inherently wants to do is to connect with the environment around it. And it wants to do it in a, in a, in a, in a, a pure and full way without any sort of commentary. Um, and so I've been just really kind of enraptured with this, um, this, this thought, or not this thought, but this, this mode, this state, because um, I feel that part of it is what has kept me from really uh, reaching my full potential, being able to really experience the world, being really able to uh, finish the stories and the, the, the content that I want to uh, finish and that I want to uh, put out into the world because I've been really shut off from the world. And I think that's why I've also struggled with, you know, writing my stories and finding uh, pathways um, because I'm not fully present, that I'm, you know, been creating a, a commentary, a, a soundtrack for myself that has been kind of over overwhelming, that hasn't allowed me to just say, oh, maybe this character is is dealing with this issue because they can't see the way out or, you know, they're not able to fully experience the world for themselves either. Um, yeah. Now I think I'm just kind of rambling. <laughs> so I might, I might be getting a little bit off track, but I hope it's, I hope I've imparted just a little bit of, I guess it's more of just, yeah, stream of consciousness at this point where I'm, dealing with things in my life that I'm finding connections in, in everything, everything I do, because it really has, my mental health has impacted my, my, my life in a very dramatic way, not only with my work, but with my family, my relationships, with my uh, creative outlets. Um, and I just, I think I just, because I'm finding it very fascinating. And I'm a very analytical person, um, and I've been in my head for a very long time. And I think a lot of the work that I did at the beginning of the year was more analytical. And the work that I've been doing the last, just really only the last month, month and a half, two months, is more of the body, more of the somatic therapy, more of the the bottom up, where I'm really getting more in touch with my sense of uh, being, my sense of self. And it's really liberating because I have felt trapped. I have felt weak. I have felt like I wasn't going to be able to get out. 
And I think for the first time in a very long time, I'm feeling more optimistic. I'm, I'm feeling more positive and I'm feeling that there is going to be a, a light at the end of this tunnel and that I'm going to be able to reclaim uh, my, myself and my life and have kind of the impact. I wouldn't even say the impact, just have the life that I really want. And that has been very, very encouraging. And I hope it continues. And I shouldn't say I hope. I, it will continue. It's just been a very long journey. It's been a very frustrating journey. And I think I'm starting to feel uh, the patience and the time and the effort work out. And I think I just wanted to share that with you all. And I can get into a little bit more. Hopefully, maybe I can articulate it a little bit more throughout the coming episodes of, you know, how I'm processing this whole new, you know, journey or this new chapter, I should say, and how it's kind of, you know, feeling some of the the work that I'm doing. So I appreciate you all for listening to me gab on for, um, for forever. Um, keep doing what you're doing out there. Um, just keep putting one foot. And, and, and I think that was another thing too, that I really wanted to part is that this idea of sometimes pushing through something is necessary. Sometimes though, too, is we can still do work, but we don't have to kill ourselves. Uh, probably another way to put it is it's not necessarily true that things have to get worse before they get better. Um, I feel very confident in my limited experience that it is possible to do work that is still very gentle with yourself, that still um, puts what you know we talked about before, the, the discipline and the action or the... Sorry, what did I say it was? It was... Um, Oh man, I'm completely losing what we talked about. And I think it was, let me go back, discipline, motivation. So I think, I think we can still do uh, action, motivated action that's disciplined, but not have to kill ourselves. And that it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh my gosh, I have to see, feel so worse and so bad to get through all the pain and the trauma in order to feel better. It's not necessarily the case. We can feel better. We can heal without having to uh, reinforce the negative, um, reinforce the, the negative aspects all the time. Um, there are different ways to do so many different things. And It's, I guess really just what I'm trying to say is be gentle with yourself. Again, just be kind, considerate, and everything that you do, um, you have resources with you, you have friends, you have family, and most importantly, you have yourself. And you have an amazing ability within yourself. You have amazing spirit, you have amazing compassion, love, happiness, everything inside of yourself. 
and it's just waiting to be unlocked. It's just waiting to come out. And just sometimes it needs a little help. It needs a little healing. It needs a little uh, kindness in order to, to be truly and fully unlocked. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales, a production of Ruminations Radio Na- Network. Please take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review my show, and I would love to connect with you on social media. Um, you can find me on Tony at Tony's Tall Tales. You can also visit ruminationsradionetwork.com for additional great shows. And for all your burning questions and passionate feedback, drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Cheers. Cheers.